You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Monday, May the 17th of 2021. Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Lucas Smith, St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show. Today's show is sponsored by Built Bar. With the promo code LOCKED15, you get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And boy, oh boy, was it an ugly, ugly weekend for the St. Louis Cardinals. Cardinals are swept right out of San Diego after a pretty promising series for the most part, in Milwaukee, Cardinals are unable to even get a win in San Diego. And other than the first game on Friday, really, it wasn't even close. It was pretty ugly. Friday was probably the most winnable game. As the Cardinals strand 10 men on base, they had ample amount of opportunities. 10 hits to the Padres, 4 on Friday. But, I mean, the the... the the story of the of the weekend was was the walks. On Friday, you had Oviedo walk five in just two innings. You had twelve walks total in that game on Friday alone, and it, it, it it's just it's just getting really frustrating because you thought that the walks were were just an aberration. They were going to be quick. They were going to be, you know. It was just going to be a, a little blip on the radar, and all of a sudden, we're still talking about it. I mean, Cardinals bullpen, Mike Petriello tweeted that they had the highest walk rate in the divisional era, uh, as of right now, 14.8%. And I don't think I need to tell you guys that when the bullpen starts walking people, that's setting yourself up for absolute and utter disaster. It, it's a tale as old as time. We learned this from practically T-ball, but Little League. Just get up there and throw strikes. And I think that this bullpen, for the most part, it's talented enough to overcome those walks. But obviously, you can't overcome walks forever. And the Cardinals saw that on over the weekend. These walks are going to hurt you. You are going to pay for them. And the Cardinals paid for the 28 walks that they had, 12 on Friday, 8 the last two days, paid for them and by way of a three-game sweep at the hands of the San Diego Padres. Now, I know historically the Cardinals have been really good against the Padres, especially in the postseason, but the last two years, the Padres have pretty much had the Cardinals' number. And it was just kind of unfortunate to see them, you know, see the Cardinals flop on a Friday night, you know, Friday night, you know, what was what it was, one-run game, get up and go the next day and, you know, lose, lose, Horribly, lack of a better word, just absolutely horribly on Saturday on, I don't know if it's nationally televised, but on FS1, so on a different audience, on probably a larger audience, get absolutely humiliated by way of a 13-3 loss. I turned on Saturday Night Live at 10.30 instead of watching the end of that game. That was brutal. And then, you know, not necessarily get embarrassed on Sunday Night Baseball, but just not live up to the hype and really not give America the best of games for the for them to watch. It was 
it was a weird series. It, w- it was one of those series that, at the end of the day, you kind of just have to chalk up and say, okay, this series is over. It was bad. It was brutal. It was ugly. But it's over. Thankfully, it is over. And all you can do now is move on. All you can do now is take the lessons from this series and move on. The lesson is throw strikes, which I'm sure the Cardinals pitching staff has been told a time or two. But the you just have to take this series, swallow it, take a punch to the gut, however you want to talk about it. Take it. It's over. Time to move on. Take the off day today and move on. That said, it's still extremely frustrating and we're still going to have to talk about it. We're going to talk about the, the entire series on today's show as well as preview the, the little two-game set coming up here with Pittsburgh and Cardinals have a real big, real big opportunity to not only write the ship but to write the ship uh, against two NL Central opponents uh, in Pittsburgh tomorrow and Wednesday and then Chicago over the weekend at Bush once the Cardinals have another, yes, another game on Sunday Night Baseball. But just some of the news and notes from the end of yesterday's game is that uh, Tyler O'Neill is hurt. Uh, left shoulder discomfort, I think, is what they're calling it. Uh, uh, but he's going to be listed as day-to-day. I think he, he kind of popped it or struggled with it, going sliding in headfirst to... Uh, Heading first, sliding head first on a second base. Um, and, you know, I've never been one to advocate sliding head first on a second base. And uh, they're specifically calling it left hand finger discomfort, I should say, not shoulder. I apologize. So, left hand finger discomfort. Again, that was according to, to Katie Wu last night. Uh, that's why he was removed from the game. Um, and he will be listed. Um, his day-to-day after spraining his left middle fingers, sliding into second base. Again, that is according to Mike Schilt via a tweet from Katie Wu. That's a tough loss because O'Neill had been hitting the ball well, seeing the ball well, although he did not see the ball well out in the field. Uh, misplayed a ball, and again, not that that made a huge difference in the game, but that's a play that you probably expect O'Neal to make. You probably expect your gold glove left fielder to make it. He made a dandy play earlier in the game. Not trying to be too negative. He made a, an incredible play just a couple of innings before coming in, diving, robbing a hit. That was nice to see, but uh, that's kind of the big news from the day um, for, for O'Neal. And before we, we take our first break, I want to talk about KK Kim yesterday because he was absolutely cruising through the first three innings of baseball. It really looked like he was, you know, this is going to be the start for him, that he was going to go deep, going to go deep in the game and everything like that and um, just just really take the step forward. But it ended up not being the case. Gets a 1-2-3 first inning, comes back out in the second, gets a 1-2-3 second inning, comes back out in the third, gets gives up a single to the pitcher, but strikes out the side. So the third inning looks like his strongest inning, and then, the fourth happened, and Lolan Arenado gets tagged with the fielding error. And then a ground out. So, all right. Put on second base, one out. We, you know, he still got this. Then he walks Fam, gives up a single, walks Mar- Marcano, walks Kim. And after two bases loaded walks, Kim was done. And I really don't know what happened. I don't know. You know, it must have been the leadoff error that kind of rattled him. 
uh, you know, and it, it was really, really unfortunate for a multitude of reasons to see Kim not get through three innings again. Um, m- m- mostly because, or two main reasons. Um, one, the bullpen has been taxed. And it really would, really would have been nice to see him uh, go longer and save the bullpen a little bit. And two, he hasn't really shown the longevity this year. In six starts, he's sealed to go longer than six innings. He's gone five innings three times. That's just not going to cut it. And again, not that Kim needs to dominate and throw a shutout every single time out and everything like that, but needs needs to have a little bit more longevity. And again, I just it was a bizarre thing. I don't know what happened in that fourth inning that, that caused him to just kind of spiral out of control and not really, never regain it. I mean, plain and simple. And then gets tagged with his first loss of the year. I mean, when that, all, all four of the five runs for San Diego scored in that bottom of the fourth inning. So it, it was bizarre to see Wong, or see Kim rather, just be really good for three innings and then just fall off the table. So we'll take, a, take our first break here, and then we will talk about the, the rest of the series, and then in the third segment, we'll preview this series coming up against Pittsburgh. But first, our first break of the show, uh, so we'll be back in just a moment. Investing can be difficult. Whether you're a beginner or investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized for you in just minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can help lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free, go to wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. That is W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on MLB to start growing your savings. Once again, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB and get started today. Locker Room is a new and exciting app that is changing the audio platform for fans. The app is free to download and once you're in, you can talk to me and other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite sport. It's the perfect place to start or join a conversation about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You will even have a chance to chat with me and might even be featured on the Lockdown Cardinals podcast through our Locker Room conversations. Be sure to join me this week on Thursday. Uh, for the off-day conversation on Locker Room. So download the app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at LJ Fastball to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning again on being live on this Thursday at some time, and be sure to follow my Twitter for that announcement. Can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts on the Cardinals. I'll be sure to see you there. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. So this weekend was kind of a struggle for 
for the Redbirds. And you know, one thing that I that I'm kind of fascinated to to look at is as the Cardinals are, you know, in this little skid here, you know, three game overall losing streak. Um, and when you look at the the weekend, like I said, it was bizarre. It was weird and. The, the standings, the, the the silver lining, I guess, not the bottom, the silver lining is that the Cardinals are 23-18 and 18 still, two games ahead of the Brewers for first place, and still have the third best record in the National League. 5-5 five and five in their last 10, they lost three in a row, run differential's good, um, they are above 500 on both away and at home, which is good to see, um... Only team in the NL Central with that uh, distinction. So that, that that's a silver lining. One thing that that I do want to kind of caution us on is that Cardinals are only 12 and 14 against teams that are above 500, which is obviously not great. Uh, you like to see them have, have a little bit of a better record against teams that are above 500. Um, and one thing that I think is fascinating to look at is. The, the the top of the lineup because I think when the top of the lineup goes the rest of the lineup goes and Tommy Edmund has not been going recently in his last well, well we'll just look at his last seven games he's four for thirty two three runs scored a walk three strikeouts in his last fifteen games he's hitting two fifty sixteen for sixty four five walks seven punch outs even in his last thirty games. So in his last 122 at bats, he's got 170 on the season. But in his last 30 at or last 122 at bats, he's just hitting 254 with on base of 311, not terrible, and a slugging of 344. So as much as I love Tommy Eben, and for those listeners of the show, regular listeners of the show, they will know that I do love love me some Tommy Eben. He's been in a bit of a slump, and that was showcased or that was seen by me at least over the weekend. Going back to game number one, Cardinals lose 5-4. Cardinals are able to make a bit of a comeback in the last couple innings, uh, but Edmund went 2-5. Uh, for five. That was his best day of the series. And arguably, to me, that was probably the best-played game of the series from an offensive standpoint. Despite, I mean, from a pitching standpoint, the Cardinals walked 12. But but uh, on Friday, you know, I want to talk about the pitching just because Oviedo seems to, seems to just need a little bit more seasoning. You know, he really impressed with that first relief appearance against Milwaukee. And then since then has really, you know, <laughs> really struggled. Uh, just able to go two innings on Friday. Wasn't able to find the strike zone. And, you know, again, beating a broken record here. Beating a dead horse. When I say wasn't able to find a strike zone. Not only for the team, but but for him. Because uh, you look at his game logs. Um, he's... You know there there have been times where he's pitched really well, but he had he's walked more than two guys every every game except for one. Um, but the, the walks really came back to bite him in that game on Friday, and the bullpen outside of him didn't do terribly. Woodford with two scoreless innings, Webb gave up an earned run an inning in the third, Ellis gave up a run an inning in two thirds, and then Cody Whitley walked two in the bottom of the eighth, but was able to get out of it unscathed, um, or walked two in his inning, I guess I should say, in his inning of work. Uh, but but the story of the game on Friday was the lack of the ability um, to hit with runners in scoring position. One for 11 for St. Louis. They left 10 runners on base. Um, 
Then they made a little bit of magic though in the in the last inning. Two run shot by O'Neill, solo shot by Arenado. O'Neill in the eighth, Arenado in the ninth. Um, Arenado came with two outs. Arenado is on fire right now. Talk about that in just a moment. Um, but it was nice to see O'Neill go the other way for a home run again. I know he's he's day to day right now with the finger discomfort, finger strain. But he uh, he hasn't seen the ball really well, and uh, it just came to a matter of the Cardinals weren't able to get it done. Plain and simple. Um, weren't able to, to get the job done. Left too many runners on base. Didn't get enough hits with runners in scoring position. They made it close. Uh, but talk about Nolan Arnauto real quick. In his last... Well, well he, <laughs> numbers are pretty similar when you go 7 or 15. We'll go 15 since basically the month of May. Um, for the most part. 15 games. He is hitting 379 with an on-base of 429. Slugging 759. Five walks, only three strikeouts in 15 games. In those 15 games, five homers in those 15 games, and 13 RBIs. And just in his last seven games, he's got four home runs, um, slugging 862, just two strikeouts in his last seven games. Dude is not striking out a lot, and I think that the myth of him not being able to hit outside of Coors Field is just that. It is a myth, and it's something that he has put to bed. Um, and I, I wanted to talk about that really, really, really positive thing because now I got to talk about Saturday, which was anything but positive. Padres scoring in first three innings, then putting up seven runs between the sixth and the seventh, and it it was really over before it started. Wainwright had one of those blow up starts that he's going to have from time to time, and boy, oh boy, did he blow up! Four plus innings, eight hits, six earned, three walks, two strikeouts. Three homers. Just was unable to keep the ball in the ballpark, giving up homers in the first, in the second, and in the third innings. And when you give up three homers in three innings, usually just not going to go well. And it, it's just so bizarre to see him pitch so poorly on the road, and pitch so, you know, for the most part, a lot better at home. Got five starts at home, three starts on the road. So enough, right? 33 innings in those five starts at home. An area at three. The opponent's hitting just 228, a whip at 1.15. 31 punch-outs in those 30 innings. 33 innings. In three starts on the road, he has just 13.2 innings pitched, an 8.56 ERA. Opponent's hitting 333 against him, and his whip is 1.83. He's given up 20 hits in those 13 and two-thirds innings, 13 earned runs. It's just a mystery as to why he's not pitching well outside of Bush Stadium, outside of St. Louis. But that seems to be the common factor. He just doesn't pitch well when he's not in the in a white uniform. <laughs> it's just the most bizarre thing. And behind Wainwright, you know, you thought maybe the bullpen could string some outs together. They did not throw their A team. You saw Fernandez for an inning. You saw Webb for an inning. And I, I like Webb more than most. His ERA is atrocious. I know that. But for whatever reason, I like Webb. Woodford wasn't able to get it done. The only pitcher to not give up an earned run on Saturday for St. Louis was Matt Carpenter. You heard that right. The only pitcher that did not give up an earned run was Matt Carpenter. One and a third innings pitched, two hits, the rest zeros. Credit to Matt Carpenter. (laughs) Matt Carpenter able to get the job done. Matt Carpenter still struggling mightily offensively, I might add. Because when he came into the game, he did strike out twice. His OPS is down to 514, so that's not good. But Carpenter was able to get the job done on the mound. 
And that's all I'm going to say about that game. That game was the definition. The def, the very definition of ugly. And then I already talked a little bit about the game yesterday. Uh, with You know, Tommy Edmond over 5 at the top of the lineup. Never a good thing. Carlson was nice to see him get a couple of hits. Nice to see Goldschmidt get a hit. Uh, did not strike out the entire game. Arenado with, a, you know, everything's sort of great. I tweeted out that that first inning was probably the best overall inning of the entire series with the Cardinals. Arnado, 2 no shot at the top of this first. Kim with a quiet bottom of the first. You know, the offense didn't even get that many opportunities. Just one for fourth, one scoring position. They left seven runners on base. There were just some weird plays in this game. Weird plays whenever Blake Snell <laughs> joined on the interview. Um, weird questionable dirty play by Machado sliding in the middle of the base path as he almost collided with Tommy Edmond. Just like I said, some weird stuff happening yesterday's game. And you know, I'm not trying to be not trying to overlook the, the massive problems that we saw with the weekend, but at the same time, at at some point you just gotta chalk it up to that was a weird as heck series, weird as hell series, and all they can do now is just move on. All you can do. You get swept Take the punch, swallow the pill, take it and go. Because uh, that is that was not a fun series whatsoever. Hopefully this next series is a little bit more fun as the Cardinals travel back home to take the Pirates. Take on the Pirates, and I'll preview that series next. Um, but first I want to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. With baseball season in full swing, you can track all the action at Bet Online. You can also follow the betting news for the Stanley Cup playoffs, the NBA playoffs, and your UFC MMA action. Before next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So, like I said, the Cardinals get a much, much, not deserved, I was going to say, but much, much needed off day. Before uh, they're probably back on now. Before going back home to face the Pittsburgh Pirates, and it starts off with another man who's looking to not walk guys. As John Gant gets the ball, his ERA is—if you just look at his ERA—it's pretty remarkable. He's two and two, or two and three, rather, with a 1.83 ERA. He's got 29 punch outs um, and just 34 innings, but still pretty solid year. Um, but <laughs> when you're talking about walks. 7.1 walks per nine for John Gant. You heard that right. 7.1 walks per nine. Just cannot happen. He has not pitched a game this year where he has walked zero. He has pitched in one game this year in which he has walked less than three, and that was a two-walk performance and a shutout performance against the Reds on April 24th. Here are his walks and innings this year in his game logs. Three walks and four innings. Three walks and five innings. Five walks and five innings. Two walks and six innings. Five walks and five innings. Six walks and four and a third innings. And three walks and five innings. 
John Gant needs to throw strikes. There's no other way to put it. Because when he doesn't walk, guys, as we saw um, in the one two walk performance, he tends to pitch pretty well. And even in a couple of the three walk performances, he didn't pitch terribly. But he's got to be able to go more than five innings for John Gant to get a win and not uh, a win in the stat book, but for him to get a win from me um, for a good start, a start that the Cardinals need him to make, he needs to go more than five innings. He needs to walk less than two batters. That honestly needs to be the goal. Um, and the Cardinals are going up against JT Brubaker. Um, Brubaker already made one start against the Cardinals this season. Um, and he didn't pitch terribly. He gave up three earned in five innings. Um, striking out seven in those five innings. Brubaker still has a strong ERA this year. Uh, and when you look at the game longs, he's yet to allow more than three runs in his start. Um, and those three runs for the Cardinals um, in his start. Game on homers by O'Neill, uh, or a homer by O'Neill, as well as a couple of doubles by Arenado and Carlson, all off of Brubaker. Um, so we'll see what Brubaker is able to do in his second start against the Cardinals. And again, nothing too substantial. We're looking at sample size against Brubaker. For John Gant, though, a little bit of sample size. Uh, Adam Frazier is 4 out of 10 against uh, Johnny. Uh, Kevin Newman is 1 out of 6. Gregory Oplanco, 1 out of 10. So solid numbers for John Gant anyways. So we'll see what, what he's able to do. And then when you look at the game on Thursday, uh, or on Wednesday, I'm sorry, the Cardinals have an off day on Thursday, the 20th before uh, the Cubs coming to town. Um, Flaherty gets the ball. It would have been really nice, in my opinion, to see Flaherty <laughs> uh, get an extra day uh, and then face off against the Cubs. Um, but... It is what it is. He'll get the start against Pittsburgh on Wednesday. Flaherty has been probably, you know, he has been the best pitcher for St. Louis this year. You know, tell, you, you guys can decide whether or not you, you like wins or losses as a stat, but he's 7-0, ERA 2.47, 48 punch-outs in 47 and a third innings. His whip is under one, um, on pace to be his best year since 2019. Um, in, in eight starts, and when he made nine starts last year, and his area was a, a lot worse, when one loss was a lot worse. He's already got more innings this year in eight starts than he did in nine starts last year. Um, opponents are hitting 192 against against Jack, and we'll see if he can t- continue to uh, pitch pretty well. Um, he, he has you know, really, really just one bad start, or two bad starts this year, one against Washington, one against Cincinnati. Other than that, not terrible starts, uh, but he'll be looking to do something better than he did against Pittsburgh in his last start. Six innings, three earned, quote-unquote quality start, but uh, like I said, 450 ERA is not quality, especially when you're Jack Flaherty, and that's what his ERA was that start. Not He's, he's going to be wanting something a little bit better than that. Two shutout starts uh, in his previous two, so we'll see what he can do. Uh, and the Cardinals will be going up against Trevor Cahill, um, his ERA is just barely ever so slightly south of six at five nine seven. So we will uh, see. Kale did make one start against the St. Louis Cardinals this year in their earlier series. Um, and in that start, five and a third, five earned, giving up a homer in that first inning, gave up seven hits. Um, so I'm going to be bold. My prediction is that the Cardinals sweep the Pirates. That's right, I said it. Cardinals get the sweep, and they. Um, they they right the ship a little bit after a three game losing skid. The Cardinals take two out of two, 
Um, and I think worst case scenario, um, obviously one or two, but I think if they were to take only one, I would say that they take Wednesday's game. Uh, but I'll have a show out for you guys tomorrow. Um, and be sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram, LO underscore Cardinals. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Hope everybody's having a good Monday. Happy Tax Day. And until I talk to you again, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic day.